Welcome to Keeping Up with Katie and Kara. By your host, Katie Frank and Kara Jones. Let's get into it. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode four. We hope you enjoy the hour episode on interest rates. It was definitely a learning lesson for me. I feel like I got a lot out of it and listening back to it, it just reiterated how important it is to actually have the knowledge about rates and ways to combat them because there are actually things you can do to get into a home in this market. I'm going to be bringing you the quote of the day today, or should I say inspiration of the day because it's not really a quote. The one mantra that I live by is the three P's and it's patience, perspective, and perseverance. And I think that is going to be my main focus for November is just remembering the three P's because it can get honestly a little discouraging sometimes being in this industry when you're not seeing as much success as you'd like to be seeing. So just staying patient, keeping a good perspective, and you know, outsourcing as much as I can to other resources to gain the knowledge that I need, and then just persevering till I have the success that I'm looking for. Yeah, I think that's a really good reminder for today, especially for me, because this industry does get a little tough. It's hard in any industry that you're trying to like be an entrepreneur and build your name and build your brand. It's hard. And I listened to a podcast this morning and they were talking about how you know you could be in finance or you could be in real estate or you could be in fitness and you could be thinking it's easy to fall into the little rabbit hole of oh there's so many people doing what I'm doing what makes me different and you just have to think of what is your why what is your purpose why are people choosing you why would you choose you you know so I think that's really important to remember in any type of industry you're in yeah And I think it kind of goes into our episode today, which is going to be dedicated to first-time homebuyers. And honestly, this episode is kind of relevant to if you've bought a home before and you just want a little refresher. But I think as a first-time homebuyer, especially in this market, remembering the three Ps and just like holding through until you find what fits you is like super, super important. Agreed. Agreed. Um, So Katie's going to bring us the giveaway winner. Yes, thank you to everyone who may have listened or signed in on our Instagram story. So the winner is going to be at Steph Sells Granite Bay on Instagram. She is with EXP Realty. So thank you so much for entering our giveaway. And we will be in touch on the next steps and how to get your $20 gift card. Yes. So today, as Kara already said, we're going to be talking and touching on first-time home buyers, just a little bit about how we work with them. Personally, I think Kara might feel the same way, but I love working with first-time home buyers. That might not be a popular opinion, but I love working with them. I think that I work well with them. We work well with them, and I just love them. So I'm excited about today's episode. First thing I want to go over is just programs and things that are available to first-time home buyers because there are different things out there available to you and that's why it's important to get in contact with professionals in the industry when you are thinking about buying, even if it's a goal of yours in like the next year or two. It's just important to know your options and to weigh your options. A lot of people think they need to come in with this huge 20% down payment, which people are like, I'm never going to be able to buy a house. I am never going to have that huge amount of money saved up. And that is totally not true. Using an FHA loan, even if you're not a first-time home buyer with an FHA loan, you can come in with 3.5% down. And with a conventional loan, if you are a first-time home buyer, you only have to come in with 3% down. And even if you don't have the money saved for a 3% or a 3.5% down payment, 
you can use down payment assistance. There are different programs that you can use for down payment assistance. I am a brokered loan officer, so there's two different kinds of loan officers. There's brokered and retail loan officers. The easiest way to explain it as a brokered loan officer is that I just have a lot of different banks I can shop at. So I have a lot of different programs that are available to me because we have access to over 20 banks. And that means I can also shop for the best rates for you guys. So that being said, there are a lot of different programs available to you. We have a down payment assistance program that you can use to cover your down payment so you only need to come in with your closing costs and Kara can speak on this too even if you don't have the full amount saved for your closing costs either we can also negotiate a seller credit for you so you could essentially be coming in with I don't want to say this and get people's hopes up but we've had situations where people have gotten money back at the end so it's not impossible homeownership is attainable you just need to talk to people and really understand the process can you speak on how much money-ish, very estimate because, you know, other mm -hmm. factors go into it, but what a down payment and closing cost scenario would look like at like a $400,000 home. Yeah, 100%. 400000 is kind of the price that we've been working in a lot, so that's not... It's super Terrible. common for first-time yeah. home buyers to be in that 400 range. Too. Yeah. So say you're wanting to purchase a $400,000 home and you're using a conventional loan, so you're only going to be putting 3% down. So 3% down, is going to be 12,000. Say you don't have that 12,000, we're gonna use DPA, so that's covered. When I say it's covered, I just wanna put it out there that once you refinance or once you sell the home, you do have to pay it back, but you're not coming in initially with that 12 grand. It's just a really nice way for you to get into the home without already having that money saved. So, Which is a good disclaimer there. because I don't think a lot of people know that. Like yes. I learned that on our last <laughs> buyer consultation when you were telling our first time home buyer that, I was like, oh, I didn't know you had to pay that back. So yeah. yes, definitely. good little tip to put in there. And then a quick rule of thumb is your closing costs can be anywhere from like 3% of your purchase price or more. So people are really thinking about, oh, I need this big down payment, I need this big down payment, but they don't even know they need to come in with these closing costs. And the easiest way for me to describe closing costs is it's just the costs associated with you becoming the new owners of the home. There are so many people that go into buying a home, not just a realtor and a lender. There's escrow people, there's inspection people, there's appraisal people, like there is a whole bunch of people working for you to get into this home. It's a whole world. Yes, so it can get really confusing, but that's the cost associated with getting you to be the new homeowners. So with that being said, if you're looking at a $400,000 house, you can expect your closing costs really, they fluctuate, but they could be anywhere from like 12 to 16 grand and that's just a rough estimate. So if you're not having DPA, that's 24 grand out of pocket and some people, they just don't have that. So if you are getting the down payment assistance, the 12, first 12 grand is covered for your down payment, you have 12 grand of closing costs. So say now you have that 12 grand in closing costs that you need to have covered. Say you only have 10 grand in savings, so you negotiate a five grand seller credit. These are ways you can lower your closing costs and make it more attainable for you to get into a home. And with the market right now, it's not rare to see closing costs being given to the buyers from the sellers because they want to sell their home and they know the market's crazy. So Kara can definitely vouch for that, that it's not impossible to get a seller credit right now. Yeah, there's definitely movement. And then there's also another, there's a bunch of different first time home buyer programs and they're all gonna have their own income limits. They're all gonna have their own guidelines that they have, but there's another one that I wanted to touch on because this one is a grant program, which means that you don't have to pay the money back. There are exceptions to this. This is called the One Plus program and it allows first time home buyers to only put 1% down. 
and the lender will grant the other 2%. So with that being said, you're getting a grant. You don't have to pay that 2% back. Whoa. I know, right? But there are a couple catches. The max loan amount can only be $350,000. So that kind of hinders you as far as what you can purchase. But just like Karen and I said, it's not rare to have first-time home buyers be in the Three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar range, anyways. So your max loan amount can only be three fifty thousand, and there are income restrictions, which means you have to make under a certain amount in order to qualify for this program. And some programs offer a lower mortgage insurance for first-time homebuyers. There's just different things you can do to play with in order to find what you're pre-approved for and find what works for you. So. We just want to put that out there because a lot of first-time homebuyers, I swear, all they see when they think of buying a home is twenty percent down. <laughs> and you don't, you do not need 20% down. Those are some options that are available to you when thinking about purchasing a home. And I just want to put it out there that if you're thinking about buying a home in six months, in one year, in two years, it's always, it's always helpful to just see where you're at now in order to make that roadmap for you in the future. Can you debunk the myth that your credit is going to decrease when you talk to a lender? Yes. <laughs> yes, your credit is not going to decrease, at least for us uh, where we're at, we do a soft credit pull, so we're not doing a hard pull on your credit, so it's not going to ding your credit. We're doing a soft pull when we do your pre-approval. And with that being said, a lot of people think you're obligated once you get pre-approved or you're obligated once you talk to a lender. You are not obligated, you are not obligated for anything until you're in contract and you're about to buy a home. Like, if you get pre-approved and you wait a year, that's fine. You're not obligated to anything. So I just want to put that out there because I know it's scary. It's a serious process, but you're not obligated. It doesn't have to be scary. It can just be a learning process for you and you're getting educated for your future home goals. And if you're like not quite there where you want to be to buy and maybe you get approved for say 350 and you're like, oh, I wanted a 450 house, like then you can give them tips on how to best prepare themselves for like the next year to be ready for the 450. Correct. You know? Like our situation we have now, she has student loan debt, so we're like, okay, this is what we're gonna have to do to work on you getting into a home in the future. So those are things you can think of. Like I could be able to tell you, hey, you need to pay off this amount of debt before you can afford this kind of home. That's why it's super important to just talk to someone. Don't be scared. Get educated, <laughs> You're people. You're so scary, Katie. <laughs> I know, I know. You're so intimidating. You're too buff. <laughs> I know, what can I say? Muscle I'm mommy. really nice, guys. <laughs> I promise I'm nice. <laughs> There's a lot of factors to consider when you're a first-time home buyer, and Katie just covered one of the big top three that I think are important, which is the finances, the budget, what you're comfortable with monthly payment-wise. If you're finding a home that's larger than maybe what you need and a larger payment than what you're maybe comfortable with. But there's two other things that I want to speak on, which is going to be location and condition of the house. So I think as a first-time home buyer, it's easy to get wrapped up in like seeing the most beautiful house and being like I need this right now. I think it's important to stick to the fundamentals of like where you're actually buying the house. Like location is so important and you want to buy a home that's like a commute that you're comfortable with or a place that you're safe especially if you're a first time home buyer that's like a single woman well, because you're literally buying the land. The land will never change. You're buying a location and I think that should be like the number one factor that you consider as a first time home buyer. And then the second thing I think that is very important is the condition of the home. This varies for everyone. Like if you want a home
home that needs the TLC and you want to put the money into renovations, like by all means, go for it. You make the home exactly what you want it to look like. But if you're someone that's like, oh, I'm not that savvy with fixing things. I want to be able to just move in and relax. Like you might need to downsize a little bit to buy a home that's a little bit nicer and ready to move in. So those are the two big things that I think you should be considering when you're shopping for your first home. But obviously you're going to need to weigh out your needs, your wants, your desires, because your desires and your needs are very different. A lot of people desire a lot of land, beautiful granite countertops, all windows, and it's not always going to be like that. Like maybe you get into a home that fits your monthly payment, it fits the location, but it has carpet that's old. You can take care of that at a later date. It's not necessarily something that's necessary for your first home to have, you know? I want to touch over the do's and don'ts when you're going through the home buying process also because there's just a few things that are kind of important to make sure that everything runs smooth on the real estate side. So for the things that you want to do, you want to check your credit score, which Katie is going to help you with because obviously you're going to be talking to her hopefully before you get in contact with a realtor. Thank you so much, Kara. That is so important. Realtors are amazing. Love them. But Whoa. if you go to a realtor first, they're just going to turn you around and say, you need to get pre-approved and talk to a lender before I'm even going to show you a house. So I would say talk to a lender first, get your real, your finances in order, and then go find your realtor. Agreed. Number one step. Yes. 100%. Back to you, Kara. Thank you. <laughs> and I think the other important do is what I've kind of mentioned already. Just stay realistic with your searching. Like It's not the same market it was 20 years ago. You're not going to get a four-bed, two-bath for 400000 Like. It's just not how it is anymore. And I think if you are going into this home buying process to build your equity, you need to stay realistic and remember like you're still getting a good value. And if you're working with a good realtor, they'll be honest with you and tell you whether or not they think that home is, you know, worth the purchase. On the other end of things, things you shouldn't be doing, which are very, very important, and Katie can back me on this, um, don't be opening up new credit lines, don't be buying a new car, don't close your existing accounts, don't take out new personal loans or make any large purchases. Honestly, don't waive your home inspections, especially as a first-time home buyer, unless you're buying... I mean, even if you're buying a new build, there's stuff wrong all the time. Like, Oh, yeah. Just get your home inspection, pay the 500 bucks, and like make sure you're getting what you think you're getting because what if the roof is bad and they said, it, said it's good and then all of a sudden you're 40 grand out of pocket, you know? Mm -hmm. And then lastly, keep your job. <laughs> That's like the gold nugget of lending I feel like is to yes. keep your job just don't do anything crazy that you're not already doing make your payments on time do all the good things you're already doing and you'll be fine yeah and the last thing I want to touch on is like there's no rush you know buying a home is probably one of the biggest purchases you'll make in your lifetime unless you you know come to be like a billionaire and buy a yacht or something mm -hmm. that's pretty cool um <laughs> But it's a super important process. It's a super long process, very anxious process. Like, take the time, make sure you're making the right decision. And honestly, work with a realtor that, like, treats you like you're important because you are important and, like, your questions matter, your thoughts matter, how they show you a home matters because 
you need to be actually seeing every part of the home to make sure it's something that you actually want and you want to invest in. So it's just super important to take your time, find actually what fits you and not just like try to rush into a home and make it work. And just to touch on everything Kara kind of said is just like when you're setting goals for yourself in normal life, it's important to set attainable goals when you're looking for a home too. You don't want to have these unrealistic expectations going in trying to find your first home at $400,000. Like, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be rocky. Just set things that you know are important to you, like location, things like that, that you can kind of have a say in. But it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be rocky. It's your first home, but it's still exciting. And cosmetic things can always be fixed. Yes. Just something I wanted to mention since Kara kind of was talking about it. There's three out-of-pocket costs when you're buying a home. And if you're a first-time home buyer, you probably don't know this. These aren't included in your closing costs, so there's something that they are out-of-pocket you're going to have to pay, which is going to be your appraisal, your inspections, and your earnest money deposit. Those three things you're going to have to pay out of pocket, so just expect that because sometimes people get a little thrown off guard. Yes, you're going to be paying the earnest money deposit out of pocket, which is usually 1% to 3% of the purchase price, typically around the 1.5, but that money is going to contribute into your closing costs later, so you do need it up front initially. Within the first three business days, you'll deposit it into escrow. At the end of the transaction, the earnest money deposit will then contribute to the closing costs, so... Yes, that's that's a good thing to mention, Kara. Also, for those of us who don't know, like our fellow first-time homebuyers, what is an earnest money deposit? It's funny you ask because I just talked about this in that podcast episode I released for the purchase process. Oh, perfect. So if they listen to that, they would I'll already know. link it, but I will tell you again. The earnest money deposit is basically a good faith deposit that you're going to be buying the home. You're interested in buying the home, and it's going to be held in escrow, which is a neutral third party that holds the funds and the documents until the deal is closed. And while they're holding your earnest money deposit, you're going to have contingencies like the loan, the appraisal and the investigation so that just in case maybe the loan doesn't fully get approved in underwriting or the appraisal comes back low or there's some sort of issue in the investigations and you're like I no longer want this house your earnest money deposit that you put out of pocket and you paid out of pocket with is safe and you can get that back instead of losing the deposit. A little bit confusing, but if you have questions, let us know, of course. And I did make a six-minute video explaining the process, <laughs> and it talks about that in there. So go listen if you really want to know, you know, beforehand what, what it's going to look like once you submit an offer. Yes. So that kind of concludes our first-time homebuyer episode. If you guys have any questions about this, please let us know because we could talk about it forever, and then we think everyone knows what we're talking about, but they could be like, hey, what, what does that mean that you just said? So please, please let us know if you have any questions about the whole process or anything that goes into it or any specific questions for myself or Kara, and we would love to answer them. Yeah, and there's obviously more that goes into it than all that we could say in, what, 10, 15 minutes? Mm -hmm. I don't know how long it's been. That's it for episode four. We can't wait to see you guys next week for, but please do let us know. We're here to help. Who knows what you'll get, but until then, cheers. Cheers.